You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, guys, we have a hero from the hardcore scene, a man who's been in tons of bands, super influential. I was so stoked to have him on, uh, Mr. Aaron Dahlbeck from Bane, from Converge, and from Be Well. Uh, Aaron is, uh, he's been a, a musical hero of mine for a long time. Uh, been a huge fan of Bane, huge fan of Converge, and now a huge fan of Be Well, uh, the band with Brian McTurnan and uh, Mike Schleibaum, amongst others. Uh, one of my top records of the year was uh, The Weight and the Cost by Be Well. This band is is amazing, amazing, amazing. And, and then watching the Bane movie, that came out this year uh, just reignited all of the old feelings uh, of, of listening to Bane through the years and just watching how that all wound down. Uh, the, I mean, the Bane movie is amazing. It's it's done so well. It tells a great story, and what an awesome band. And, and uh, thanks to Aaron for coming on, and I hope you guys enjoy this chat. I had a really good time. Uh, he was in the middle of a snowstorm uh, over on the East Coast while I was in the middle of a rainstorm over here. We were hoping we wouldn't lose internet connection because we did it over zoom and we did not so it went well so uh thanks again to aaron and thanks again to all you guys for coming back week after week uh the numbers keep growing like like weeds it's crazy and the amount of people that have just been binging episodes and and uh, writing me to tell me how many episodes they've listened to in a day blows my mind i know people don't have a lot to do right now maybe they have more than ever i have more to do than ever and i'm not even working so um 
it's a, a weird situation on my end, but maybe people just don't have a lot to do and, and they can listen to podcasts all day. I try to listen to what I can. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts just because I don't have the time uh, between kids and family and, and making a podcast. It's hard to find time to actually to actually uh, listen and enjoy and really, really uh, take it all in. So uh, shoot me an email, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com. If there's podcasts you think I should listen to, uh, what episodes have been your favorite, you know, things you like, things you don't, because it's all our show here. We're all in one family, and, and uh, I just appreciate having you guys on. All right, let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump into this episode. Uh, we got some sponsors to go through. We've got my buddy, Ryder Evan Robeson at Ryder Evan Robeson Studios. Uh, on Instagram, you can follow him on there. Uh, tons of amazing leather work. And uh, just an incredible artist. He uses pyrography uh, where he uses like a, a fine tip wood burner and does all this insane artwork on leather, um, does stuff on guitars. Just go get yourself something from Ryder. He, he played bass in Vox. You've heard him on the show. Uh, one of my best friends for, for so many years. And uh, yeah, I mean, he made, he made these amazing front pocket wallets for my brother and I after my dad passed away with his name on it. Uh, and you know, like the horseshoe with the horse coming through it. And my dad loved horses and something my brother and I have to think about my dad every time we pull out our wallet and it saved my back pain as well, because <laughs> I no longer have the big wallet in my back pocket on one side that was fucking my back up for years. And I had no idea. Um, so check out Ryder's stuff at Ryder, Ryder Evan Robeson studios over on Instagram. And speaking of back pain being gone, sweet drop CBD. Uh, has hooked me up with a bunch of their their CBD tincture oil. It's zero THC, and it is uh, it is amazing. It it has taken my my back pain, my knee pain, and really really helped. I take a lot less uh, ibuprofen and things like that that fuck up your liver. I was taking probably I don't know twelve of those things a day, uh, and now twice a day I take the CBD sweet drop, and it's it's incredible. Uh, it tastes great. A lot of the oils I've tried before are terrible. Um, but this, this one actually tastes great. They have a bunch of different flavors. Blood orange is my favorite. Uh, but if you go to sweetdrop.com, you can type in the code pleasure, uh, all capitals. It'll get you 20% off your first order. So go get some sweet drop CBD, try it out for yourself. Uh, like I say, I would not advertise something on here that I didn't use myself or believe in. Um, so trust me on that one. It is really, really helped. I waited a few weeks to advertise because I wanted to give it time to work. Uh, and it's really doing something for me. Uh, also, with Aaron being on the show, uh, Aaron Dahlbeck from Bain, our our guest of honor today, uh, has also sponsored the show with his coffee company, SX Coffee Roasters. Uh, sent a bunch of stuff over to us here at the studio, and it's some amazing stuff. He does coffee, tea, he's got mugs, he's got everything. So go to SX Coffee Roasters and check out what they have. They're always doing small batch stuff, which I love. Anything small batch it is, is more of an artisan feel, uh, especially when it's a friend doing it. Definitely support him over at SX Coffee Roasters. And the code is PLEASURE for 10% off your order. Uh, and one more sponsor, guys. We've got a new sponsor on the show, Stringjoy. Stringjoy is a guitar string company that's um, headed up in part by my buddy Blake over at the Tone Mob podcast. He sent me some of these strings to try out. And, guys, it is insane. Like, uh, you can do custom gauges. So when normally you'd have to, if you want to do custom gauges, you have to buy like a case of strings and then pick out the ones you want and put them on where you want. This one, you can actually order the gauge of strings you want in each pack. So you can have a wound third. You can have, and it's, it's crazy. They're amazingly comfortable 
and they stay in tune better than any strings I've ever used. Uh, truly, I, I tried them out myself. Uh, so go to Stringjoy and try out. You can put in what gauge of strings you want, and and there's a video on YouTube. Go check that out too. It's like a half hour long, but it explains everything they do in such detail. I was fascinated. I didn't think I could sit through a half an hour video on making guitar strings, but it's really good because they put so much effort and and care into what they do. Even the packaging's rad. So go check out Stringjoy as well. All right, guys. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me. I know I mentioned it earlier, and this intro is getting six minutes. I think that's a record for this show. So I'm sorry about that, but we have a lot of sponsors to get through, and I'm stoked to be working with so many friends. Uh, also, Classic Grit. My buddy Riley from Thrice has a uh, baseball-themed merch company called Classic Grit. You've seen me wearing this stuff. It's it's fantastic. It's comfortable. It's classic, hence the name, uh, but also follows that, that simple, clean, hardcore, uh, underground hardcore merch feel. So check out Classic Grit on Instagram as well. So uh, thanks to Sweet Drop, Ryder, Riley, Blake, and Aaron. And without further ado, let's get into this thing with my buddy Aaron Dahlbeck from Be Well and Bane. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Is the uh, does this sound good? Sounds wonderful. Awesome. Sounds awesome. wonderful. I've been impressed. Are you using a Mac? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been impressed yeah. lately with Jake Snyder and I were just talking about this because he didn't have a <laughs> microphone either. It's like the Mac laptops really do it justice. Yeah, I get a MacBook Pro for work. They send it so. It works awesome. Dude, you can't beat I, that. Yeah, I did one with, uh, I did a podcast with um, the Brooklyn Blast Furnace guy, Jimmy. Uh-huh. And he's like, that sounds so good. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just a laptop. <laughs> That's rad. Dan Sancho was telling me about that podcast and I have not listened to it yet. I don't have time to listen to a bunch of podcasts, which sucks because I love the medium, of course, but I don't listen to a ton of them. Uh, yeah, because it's just it's time consuming, and I've thought about putting it at that like one and a half time setting or whatever that makes it faster. Uh, but and then it just weirds me out. 
<laughs> yeah, it sounds weird when do that. It's cool because he did like he did a twelve episode. I think it was twelve episodes of from just Bane. Wow, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. He did like all of us at the end and like all past members, pretty much. And that yeah, it was pretty cool, dude. That's incredible. Yeah. I've only had a couple bands where I've had everybody on, and like I'm close on Fugazi, like. Guy Pachoto oh, nice. is the only one I haven't had on yet. And uh, yeah, uh, I think Thrice is the first one I completed a full band. Oh, nice. Uh, everybody on their own episode. but uh, That's awesome. Yeah. How's the storm, dude? It's, uh, we probably have like six inches now already. And now it's kind of turned into ice. So that kind of sucks. So I'm dreading waking up in the morning. Oh, <laughs> and my wife is... My wife's a home birth midwife, so she could get called at any time to go to a birth. And I'm like, we're both like, please not tonight. <laughs> oh, so she's got to go. Like she's got to just up and go. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Like the other, yeah. Like the other day she left at like 1 a.m. to go. Oh, so. but everything worked out. It was a good oh, yeah. experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's been doing it for a while now. Okay. So she's got a uh, finally started her own practice, but small intertwining of worlds Two of the guys in boys it's fire their mother-in-law is a midwife and my and my wife mentored under her for a while okay so it's like this weird intertwining of worlds (laughs) (laughs) it's an insanely small world dude oh it just gets smaller i love it older you get the smaller it gets the older you get yeah exactly people start businesses start practices start other bands i mean yeah shit yeah, yeah, and you and yeah. you with be well, dude. Jesus Christ, that was a record. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, we're overwhelmed with the uh, with the reception of it. You know, yeah. I mean, we didn't know what to expect because I mean, we're a bunch of forty year old dudes that still love doing it. But yeah. you know, you don't you don't expect anything. You never want to like. I mean, we we're not especially as be well. We definitely have never been like oh this is going to be awesome or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it just, I think the honesty really sh- uh, was shown through and the music and people are connecting with it, you know? Yeah. Well, hardcore man, like the, I mean, the emotions always been there, but like, I don't think that that's some of the most out front stuff I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it takes, uh, it takes some guts and, and uh, it just, it resonates that much more, I think, because of that. But Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of time, a lot of things that Brian talks about too, you don't necessarily have to have had those specific experiences or thoughts, but like everybody can relate to it in some way. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's what's the best thing about punk and hardcore is like somebody can be singing about one thing and you you can interpret it your own way. Mm-hmm. But I think with the Be Well record, it really hits even more because yeah. it is such a personal record and everybody has something in their life that they can re- relate each thing to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And you've, you've got a big year. You got the Bane movie that came out, which was yeah. so good. I've we watched it away. twice. It's so good. <laughs> I watched it. Uh, I watched the early edit of it. And now, I mean, it's. I mean, I don't want to say it's so much different, but it's so much better now. They re- they retweaked some stuff from the last time I had seen it, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I actually, I did, I intentionally did not want to watch it till it was out. Like it was a weird, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Cause it's like, that was like the last Bane thing that I was waiting for to happen. Yeah. So I did, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get to that point. I mean, I understand. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause then it meant it's actually there. It's over. That's that's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so dude, I can't imagine coming to the end of something that monumental, you know, uh, and they really did a good job telling the story. Like, yeah, th- yeah, it was incredible. There's so much focus on so many different things, but it, all of that, instead of just like digging in and like, this is ending, this is ending, this is ending. They showed everyone's emotions, everyone's thoughts that were already focused on that. So in in turn, it gave a very broad, all-encompassing view of the end, which was cool. Yeah. Instead of saying, shit, I'm bummed, this is ending, shit, I'm bummed, this is ending. It was like, well, here, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about this. And the whole picture brought it all. That was the, the, the key point that it just showed was, everyone's finality. Yeah, yeah, that was the coolest thing. I mean, you know, it, it did take a long time for it to, to happen and get wrapped up, but... You know, when they started doing the document, Dan and I, Dan Ellswick, the guy, he, he this was his baby mm-hmm. and him and I have been friends for a long time. And he actually films a lot of TV shows and that's his real job. He's a cameraman. And, uh, he's always like, I want to come out and videotape some stuff for the Bay tour, blah, blah, blah. And then when we were ending, he was like, you, I have to go and do this. He's like, I want to make a documentary. And he didn't really have like, uh, a real vision of what it was going to be mm-hmm. and him and I had talked and I was just kind of like, he's like, what's your, like, your like Holy grail of like a, of a music documentary. And I was like, first off, I'd rather be like a movie as opposed to a documentary about this band. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was, and to me, I was like, if it could be as good as filmage, the descendants documentary, I was like, <laughs> so that's like, that's like my Holy grail. Yeah. And, uh, so he, he did all the stuff on tour and honestly, it didn't all click for him. I mean, him and I have talked about it, but did, he didn't get a full realized vision of what it was going to be till probably six months after the band had had our final show. Mm-hmm. And then they went back and like, you know, he had the whole like vision of the, the whole, the movie that it wasn't just like, oh, this is this band's last tour and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, yeah, it was, it, it's awesome. Dude, it's awesome. It shows, man. It shows. And yeah. how awesome is it to have a film about what you've done? But to be able to show people, like, here's one like major piece right here that tells a lot of the story instead of, you know, like, oh, pull up some YouTube footage. You know, it's like, here's a complete film. And filmage is incredible, by the way. Oh, it's so good. One of it's my so favorites, good. and it's filmed so well. And the yeah, I've I I bought that with like if you look on my iTunes where you go to purchase. I don't buy many movies, but there's yeah. the Bane movie, there's filmage, <laughs> there's uh the Christmas movies, like the the classic <laughs> that they always take off streaming at Christmas. Yeah. I just yeah. ponied up and bought those. And then uh man, what's the other one? There's a uh I can't even think of it right now. I'm seeing it in my head, but uh anyways, but filmage and the Bane movie are both on there. And I didn't even know about filmage till after it had come out. It had been out a little while, I think, before I heard of it. I was like, Are you so kidding good. me? Like, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. My wife and I actually watched that the day my son was born. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell me this. Was your son was your son born at home? Yeah. He was okay. born in our kitchen. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We were living in Salem at the time. Okay. And fast forward, like my my wife, who's a home birth midwife now, mm-hmm. she's uh the woman that delivered our son was my wife's first mentor. Like wow. a little bit later down the line, you know? Yeah. So that's incredible. Cool. So that, yeah. so that was something that, that's something that has been important to her for a while then. Yeah. Is it yeah. like the, the, my wife wanted that so badly and we had horrible birth stories, but like both were like emergency C-section hospital transferred to a hospital with a NICU right afterwards, splitting everybody up. But she wanted yeah. that so badly to do a home birth or any kind of like a water birth, any kind of something that isn't like get the vacuum out or, or cut them yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I yeah. didn't even know existed, the vacuum thing, but oh my Dude, God. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, and also, but thank God that stuff is there to help yeah. when you need it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's still the medical industry and it's all about money. Yeah. But that's beautiful yeah. in your kitchen. Yeah. It's insane. During, during a Northeaster storm, like a giant storm, the house was swaying and like power went out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. It's like a crazy, crazy. movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome though. I love that. I love stories like that because, uh, I have some friends that, that became, uh, uh, doulas, midwives, like, and they have some stories, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. It's, yeah, so yeah. it's your son, the, the, is that your only child then? Yeah. Scout. He's sick. He turned six at the end of October. Okay. That so, was what yeah. the hashtag a boy named scout was in the movie yeah. and everything else. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude. Well, well tell me, tell me about you, Aaron, like where you come from, how you got into, how you got into <laughs> music. Like, like, uh, you've always just seemed like, and I've never met you, but I've seen you many times on stage and, and what we've never, I don't think we've ever crossed paths at festivals or anything. But you just have this way about you, this really pleasant uh, demeanor about you, which is off because you play such ferocious music. And I love that, that, you know, off stage you're just Aaron. Like it's, it's always this like peaceful demeanor. Uh, I'm curious, you know, because I don't know a lot about where you come from. Like I grew up in Massachusetts, like right between um, Boston and Worcester. This little town okay. called Marlboro. And uh, I mean, I just grew up in a little – not I mean a little town, but like smaller town. And, uh, I actually got into heavy music through my dad, which is weird. Like he used to have this bootleg version of, um, masters of reality. Uh-huh. Black Sabbath yeah, Master. Yeah. And that was like my first introduction to like heavy music. And I was like blown away on cassette. So I was just like on cassette. It was yes. a bootleg from when he was in, he was in, I think he got it in Saigon or something crazy. Like, crazy military what he was yeah when he was in military wow and um but he i that was my first experience to heavy music and then um fast forward until like i was probably in like seventh grade maybe so like 87 or so my i have a cousin that's a little older than me and he had gotten into heavier music and like punk rock and hardcore and I got introduced it through him mm-hmm. and, uh, he was actually a guitar player and he just, I just, I, we were always together. And, um, so I just started playing guitar through him and just started playing music and 
slowly got sucked into it's all punk rock and hardcore you know yeah like growing up i was more of like the punk rock metal kind of a kid mm-hmm. like i'd rather listen to dead kennedys and you know metallica or creator or whatever mm-hmm. and then i slowly get into hardcore like i think one of the first i mean to me like minor threat is a punk band like i listened to all that stuff way back when mm-hmm. and then my friend came back from he had gone to virginia beach and his family was down there and he had gotten like the gorilla biscuits start today cassette mm-hmm. and i was like what is this <laughs> you know <laughs> so i was like again i was more into punk rock and and metal at the time and that was really like my really first huge introduction to like hardcore was that yeah man and how did you how did you come across this tape of Masters of Reality? Did you find it? Did he give it I to you? So we used to have <laughs> he had this. There was this my parents still live in the same house as I grew up in. So like growing up, there was this one closet, it was their music closet. And it was like my dad loved like all classic rock stuff, like typical like Beatles yeah. and you know. Rolling Stones and the Doors and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I used to have like records. The first two records I ever bought were uh, like not punk rock, but it was yeah. um, Kenny Rogers' greatest hits <laughs> and the Stray Cats, <laughs> one of the Stray Cats LPs. It was like the first two Brian LPs Setzer. I ever bought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And uh, I remember looking in there one day trying to grab a record because we had an actual record. My dad had an actual record player and mm-hmm. like, and I saw that and it was like this weird, like purple and white cassette case. And it was just like this weird, like, just like sticker on it. And I was like, what is this? And I just put it in. And I was like, whoa, this is insane, dude. And that was, I mean, I, I can't, I, I must've been eight, seven or eight, maybe I have an older brother. He's two years older than me. So it must have been, yeah, it must have been like seven or eight. And he was into the, he was into the doors at the time somehow. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I saw that and I was just like, what is this? And it was just that point on. Yeah. Dude, yeah. that's wild. We That's like a tape trading kind of deal where just like, someone, yeah. so someone must have given it to him over overseas. That's, yeah. What a, and then, yeah. Okay. Cause that's. I love when people are in heavy music that do heavy music. I'm always curious how they got into it because I yeah. was like raised on pop music and yeah. uh, dad had like a radio show doing doing like Tom Petty and, and Heart and stuff like that. He never listened to anything heavy. Yeah. And I think I heard Metallica on a, bu- on a school bus on a cassette player <laughs> in the back of the Black Album, not even the early stuff. Yeah, I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I started discovering like Nirvana and stuff, but like heavy, heavy music. Uh, yeah. I have a funny story about that. I don't know if you've listened to this podcast before, but uh, yeah. you were directly tied to this. I've told the story twice now. Uh, <laughs> Jane Doe. Yeah. Equal Vision. Like it all ties together because so equal. I'm Equal Vision now, West Coast. Um, I always like Equal Vision, that little Krishna logo. I started getting into the EVR stuff and like, if it has that on it, it's a cool record. And I'd go find one with the EVR logo on it. And I was asking it, Second Avenue Records here in Portland, do you have more EVR stuff? And I'm like, yeah, over here, check this record out. And it was Jane Doe. <laughs> I told Kurt this and told Nate this. Uh, 
because I was I'm, I'm a little ashamed, but I'm also I'm past it now. I listened to it and I hated it. It made me angry. I didn't understand what was going on and why it was happening to me and why they suggested this record to me. I was like, this is chaos. It made me physically upset. I gave it to Zach. So I was in Portugal, the man for a while. And I gave it to Zach um, from Portugal. He was into like Pantera and stuff, which of course I was into at that point, but that's not really heavy screaming stuff as abrasive as, as Jane Doe was. And I, I gave him the CD. I was like, just take it. I can't listen to this. And he loved it. Of course. So I bought it again later, thinking like I'll give it another chance. And it's it's easily in one of my top five records of all time. Like I love that, I love that record. And I know that was the last record you did with Converge, but yeah. like that that was my tie to like getting like thrown in the pool of heavy music. To where yeah. it was like, oh my God, get me out of here. And then now it's I can't, I can't, I'll never put it I can't down. Get enough. Yeah. And so it was that and then Poison the Well. Poison the Well, I got in a fight with my girlfriend, put on uh, Tear from the Red in on a cl- alarm clock stereo just to drown out the noise. I finally understood screaming vocals at that point. I felt the emotion. I understood it. And, and of course, Jeff's voice is very clean. was yeah. screaming, so it was an easy way in. But that's... That's like how I got into it. So like it was, I'm always curious how, how other people did. Cause it was so, such a slap in the face at first, like, <laughs> holy shit. And now what I'm just this? like, how did this happen? Like, this is incredible. Like trying to dissect things and like, anyways, but, uh, yeah. Black Sabbath, I also got into way later, but that's awesome. That, that sent that out, dude. That set, <laughs> set that off. Yeah. I've got Aussie stories too, but we won't go into those, but, um, <laughs> So you, it was you, your older brother. Yeah. So he was my only sibling. Your only sibling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys like pass music back and forth quite a bit, or did was no. he two years ahead? He was two years older than so me. You guys yeah. were close. Yeah, we were like close enough that like when we were younger. Once he turned into a teenager, it was kind of like I was the younger brother, and he didn't want anything to do with me. Uh huh. And then after, and then after he graduated, we became close again. Not that we ever weren't close, but like. You know, there's that weird, awkward stage of like, I'm a teenager, yeah. this kid's not. Then, but the funny thing is, my brother was always into like classic rock and all that stuff. Okay. And then, like, after the fact, when I was like playing music and stuff, it's like I got him into heavier music. So it was like kind of opposite. Like, I used to have this old like leather jacket with like this big Misfits thing painted on the back. And yeah. I actually gave. I, I handed it up to my brother. I was because like I was like I don't wear this. You can have it. Yeah, <laughs> like, battle it jacket funny. or whatever they yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it had the big dyed eye, my darling thing, pe- paint on the back. <laughs> Who painted it? Did you paint it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> that was that is awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tried to explain a battle jacket to a friend of mine from where I took to Slayer. Like we got tickets to last Slayer show. And I was like, dude, you got to go to this with me. Like he, his favorite band's Pearl Jam. And so I brought him there and he's like, what are people wearing? Like, what is this? There's like just band patches. I was like, oh, that's a battle jacket. It's just like, <laughs> like flying the flag. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Man. It, one cool thing I did actually just thought of now, like talking about my dad and that Black Sabbath tape is the, I think one reason why I get so intrigued by music too was growing up, he used to work at this, um, used to manage this giant pet store 
And next door to it was this record store. I forget the name of the record store, but it was like, I can't even tell now looking back if it was like a cool record store or not, Mm -hmm. but it was somebody you knew. So like sometimes we'd go to work with them on the weekends and me and my brother would go work at the record store and we like put records on the shelves. And that's how I got that Kenny Rogers and Stray Cats record. But like, I remember looking through records a lot as a kid and like, maybe that's like what really intrigued me about music. Yeah. I, mean, I, I honestly don't know, but like that just clicked in my head during this conversation. Like, dude, I mean, that's how I it was works. young then, you know? Yeah. Everything's new. Everything is, uh, when you discover something like that, it's like discovering books or like, you know, where you really discover books. Like it's n- yeah. not like, Oh, we had to read this book in middle school. It's like, no, I went out and found these books or these writers yeah. like records are such a, uh, just a visual and like, People say they like books because of the smell and the feel, but there's words on a page. Like records were like vibrant and and big, like big medium. Like you could, yeah. you know, open it up and check it out, check out the band. Like uh, when I would go to my dad's radio show and sit in the record room because I couldn't be quiet while he was recording. I was too young. So he just let me sit in there. And all I did was just stare at records and put them on the record player, like Wilson yeah. Phillips and shit like that, to where I'm getting exposed. Maybe not something I would listen to now. But getting exposed to what it was, that's really cool oh, yeah. that you were doing that because uh, and it all ties to your dad, which is awesome, too, because yeah. uh, that's stuff you'll never forget. But Oh, for um, sure. Is, is your dad still around? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, my mom and my dad. It's, okay. it's cool. It was, it's funny. Like, how do I explain it? So, like, my, I mean, my parents are always supportive mm-hmm. of me being in bands and all that, but it was just... You could see, like, I was a skateboard kid, like punk rock kid, did awful in school till my senior year of high school. And then I was like, oh, school's easy. Why am I doing awful? Uh, but, but like, you know, I was always out, out skating and blah, 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 getting in trouble. Not like bad trouble, but, and I started playing in bands. And then when Bane started, they supported it. Like my first tour ever was, I filled in, bass with this band Daltonic in the van dining in Vegas. And I was only like 18, I think at the time. And I, we all called our parents and we were like, Hey, uh, if you can't wire us money, then we're, I guess we're just going to live in Vegas. Like <laughs> literally like, <laughs> so, and my, I mean, they've always been supportive, but I think when my, we played the Bane record release show for, um, it all comes down to this. Mm-hmm that like my parents came and I think that was the first time my dad's had seen me play and it like clicked. Like, I think that was the first time for him. He was like, Oh, like, this is like something like, this isn't just Mm -hmm. these kids playing whatever, you know? Yeah. I think him actually seeing it that day was like, I kind of like the turning point, not the turn, you know I mean? I don't, I mean, he's always supportive of it, but I think that was what, when he came to the realization Mm -hmm. of what it meant to everybody in the band and all that. Yeah, just cool. Always seeing some, seeing other people connect to it, I think helps connect the dots for parents. Like seeing, yeah, seeing that where okay, I'm looking at my kid, and then here's a crowd of people, even 20 people, like into it. Okay, yeah. they get it. Okay, and then they start to put it together instead of just like, you know, check out this 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 recording we made. You know, like oh yeah, yeah sounds good, son. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. to yeah. see it and feel that yeah. connection, and I think. Yeah. Uh, not that I've gotten to do that so far, but I think that's what it is feeling that magic in the room, you know, yeah. hopefully we can get back to, you know, and, uh, 
Hopefully. Dude, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And, and so what about when you were playing guitar and stuff growing up, like, like, were they interested in that? Like your, your folks, were they like asking you about it or were you showing them stuff or were you just in your room, just jamming? Like, I was kind of just always in my room, just jamming, okay. but they were, they were definitely interested. Uh, like growing up, my mom played the piano for a long time. Um, so she was musical and, uh, but they were always interested, but I just always just kind of stayed in my room. Yeah. Like I was a typical, like punk rock kid who just stayed in my room and listened to music and played my guitar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Man. it was cool though. Like my cousin that got me into playing the guitar mm -hmm. whenever we weren't in school, we'd always be at my grandparents' house. It was like for me and my brother and my other two cousins mm -hmm. and he played guitar. So we just seriously, just like we weren't in school. We'd together playing guitar or I'd be home playing guitar or whatever, you know? Yeah. Do so. you remember what you were learning to play back then? Uh, probably lots of Metallica misfits and creator. Nice. Probably <laughs> <laughs> by the Enslayer, but you know, the easy songs. But yeah. Yeah. He was very, he was a lot more metal than I was like, okay. I, I started straying towards punk rock and hardcore way mm -hmm. quicker than he did. Yeah. So man, is, is that where you discovered straight edge then was through skateboarding and, and, and that whole thing? Sort of. Um, yeah. So Trey that does death wish with Jake, mm -hmm. I've known Trey since I was five. Like him wow. and I grew up in the same town. Okay. He was actually in my brother's grade or the grade below my brother. And they played like, they played soccer or something together, but him and I became friends and then no, we didn't talk. And then like when I was probably like 14, we really reconnected again. He was skating and I was skating and at uh, that time, no, none of us were straight edge. And then we kind of like him and I were in a band together for a while uh, called Knockdown. We never put anything out. Mm -hmm. And then um, we kind of broke up and stopped talking. And then when we reconnected, both of us had become straight edge. It was just like through music back then. Yeah. And that was probably like 92-ish. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like a weird, I don't know. It was just kind of like, I found it and I was just like, you know, I'd be walking around town where I grew up and see all these people that were like in their twenties doing the same thing they did when they were teenagers, you know, 15 year old kid until they're like 25 doing the same thing. And I, something just clicked. I was just like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I respect everybody for what they do and it's all yeah. an individual choice, but for me, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. See, I wish, like, I I discovered straight edge early on, too, but it was something, I growing up in Alaska, like, we were always just bored or whatever, and, you know, like, do playing house parties and stuff, you get drunk or smoke some weed or whatever. It never got more serious than that, really. Like, a lot of kids were dropping acid in middle school and high school. Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's people like, like, like Dan Sanchaw, who's been straight edge forever, never smoked a cigarette, never done anything. I wish so badly I could be that person and say that like to have never wasted any of my time on that. But at the same time, you know, I am who I am, but like, uh, I respect that quite a bit, you know, being able to, to just shy away from that stuff, you know, the whole time. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I completely, I mean, for somebody to go, like, I, I mean, I know a lot of people have never done anything ever. Mm-hmm which it takes a lot of 
willpower to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, I kind of have more respect for people that don't do it for a reason. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, like what, I mean, you could not have ever drank or done something and like grown up in a abusive family or a family that's got alcohol or drug abuse problems and, and be like, I'm never going to be that person, Mm -hmm. which is great. But like, if you've come up through like, uh, you know, a normal household and like, I don't know, I feel like if you have a reason to not do it, I don't know. That's probably a weird way to look at it. No, not but at I all. I kind of have, I kind of have more respect for people that realize why they don't want to do it as opposed for it, it being like, Oh, I'm straight edge. I don't do this or that because this band told me that I shouldn't do this or that. Mm-hmm. Like know why it means something to you as opposed to just because, you know, fucking Ray Capo told you not to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause no. you, that person's going to be the person that when they do discover it, they're going to go way off the deep end, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I don't think that's a weird way of looking at it at all because, um, like I stopped drinking in 2007 because I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't, I don't, yeah. this is stupid. Like I wait. And that was when it was all free on tour. So like I wasn't wasting <laughs> money on it, but I was wasting time. Like, it's like, I yeah. don't want to, yes, tonight's show was rad. Uh, I don't want to dedicate tomorrow from whenever I wake up till four o'clock feeling like shit for a couple more hours tonight of not being in control of myself, (laughs) you know, it was strong enough to say no more like that alone. There wasn't like a doctor saying you need to quit drinking. There wasn't, uh, like parents or anything like that. Like, Hey, you have a problem. It was just like, why? Like it's that realization, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's something that, and, and everyone just, I want to see you drunk so bad, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> why? What's the point? Like, if I do this, will you have a beer? What the hell are you talking about? Like, no, it's a decision. Like, I don't, you couldn't pay me. Like, it's, it's so yeah. weird. The, the boggles my mind when people are like that. Yeah. But I mean, we have people that come on the road with Bane and they're literally drunk the whole time. And it's like, He's funny to watch, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's everybody's <laughs> own decision, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a personal thing. Like it's not just a song. <laughs> you know? Exactly. 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 <laughs> you know, that all I, of a sudden spawned a movement. And if people don't want to do it anymore, then awesome. Like, I don't think you should do it for the wrong reasons that way either. Like somebody's just like, you know what? I'm going to have a drink. Then you know what? Be yourself. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people now don't even know if I'm still straight edge or whoever, but it's like, yeah, I am. But I just don't, I don't want to say I don't care, but I'm who I am. And that's all that really matters sure. in my view. You're you know? a grown up. You, you, yeah. <laughs> you're a grown up now. You're a parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, dude. Well, so, so discovering into, you I mean, finding heavy music, you know, going balls to the wall into that, like, what came next? Like what, what came, what came next? Like, did you, you didn't start Converge with, with, uh, Kurt and, and Jake, Jake. right? You came in later. No. So my old band that was in with Trey knocked down, mm-hmm. we had played some shows with Converge and I had become friends with Jake and Kurt. This is in like 90, 93 maybe. And then 
I was, I mean, I was just hanging out with them a lot. And then, but, and, and it was just kind of just like a, Hey, do you want to come play guitar? And it was like, yeah, sure. The only thing they had really done up to that point as con as converge mm -hmm. was they have that first seven inch that sounds like biohazard. Mm -hmm. It's got like that weird, like great. <laughs> I was not on that record. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and then they did a demo after that, that had a few songs that came out on caring and killing. But besides that, I, that's when I joined the band, right. When they had started, um, they did some demos for, uh, what the hell's the name of that song? I think it's on Karen Kilden called Savior Salvation. Mm -hmm. It's still very kind of biohazard-ish, but that's when I joined the band, like right after they demoed that stuff. Okay. So from like 93, 94 till 2001. Okay. Man. And to, like that was, it must've been 92 actually, because we were in the band for a while. And I actually just recently, somebody posted What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash ppp for 30 percent off lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm 
is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Brian Fair from Overcast and Shadows Fall mm-hmm. yesterday just posted this picture of a flyer from 94. And it was Converge's last show. And before Bane, we had started a project called Gateway that became, it was only me. That's it. That was in Bane. Mm-hmm. That was in that band. But uh, Jeff, the bass player, was going to school at McGill College in Canada. And this is in 94. Mm-hmm. So we're like, there's no way the band can happen. I mean, there's no internet really at that point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's no way. So we were going to break up. So Damon and I, I had started writing songs and that gateway band didn't do anything. So Damon and I, well, let's just start a new band. The lo- old long hair drummer that was a Converge. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of Bane was like 94, 95. Okay. So, man. Yeah. Oh, so crazy how stuff like that works out. It's crazy. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a long time ago too, which is crazy. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel that long ago, but yeah. And those, so some of those, some of those days are the best days of life and you don't even know it when it's happening until later, you know, seriously, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah. So do you remember like, like first starting to tour, like the, I talk about quite a bit, but basically how touring kind of in informs you of who you are and kind of shows you what you're made of at an early age. If you're lucky enough to start at an early age, like you said, getting lost or getting stuck in Vegas. Yeah. Like 18 getting stuck in Vegas can be terrifying, especially when you don't live in Portland, like what, eight, 12 hours away or whatever it is. Yeah. You're across the country, you know, getting <laughs> yeah. in those situations, you figure out if you're cut out for, for a lot of things, you know, and how you're basically running a business. Like you're, you're running a business, you're surviving. Uh, it, it's kind of like a, like a, 
it's almost like a like a giant camping trip, but it ch- it changes campsites every day or yeah. every two oh, days. Oh, that's a great place for it. You know, it. like it's a it's a camping trip where hopefully I brought everything I need because I don't have a way to get more. And <laughs> yep. you're out there trying to survive. Like, tell me about that. Like when you when you first started doing that. Like first started touring, maybe mistakes or things you learned early on that you carried now to this day. If there are, any. I mean, I feel, I mean, I feel like now, I mean, back then, like I have, I found the first, I think it was the first tour itinerary that I went on. It was for that band Deltonic mm-hmm. and it was literally like, again, it was pre-internet. So like the list of dates, it was like an eight week tour or something like that. And it was Jesus. the last, the last two weeks were just like TBA and ha- or I had somebody's <laughs> name and their phone number. And it was, I feel like, if anything at the beginning of touring back then and now, but it was just like uh, almost just, you have to just go with whatever happens, mm-hmm. and, you know, even with life, you just got to go and like, you can do it. You can, you can take control of whatever you want and have things happen, but like, you just need to, <laughs> I don't even know. You just need to like, just go with it. Like there's, there's some circumstances that you just can't control Mm -hmm. as long as you just, you just roll with it, then it's going to end up nine times out of 10, it's going to just be a good outcome, Mm -hmm. but you just need to just go with it. I mean, Bain for sure was a good example of that. Like we were the worst at planning at getting to things on time, everything, but we were the best at just going with the flow and just doing things and just whatever happens, happens and just taking it as it comes, you know? <laughs> like, Dude. Yeah. Why, why was that? Do you think? Why, why were you guys laziness. not good at that? Laziness? <laughs> Probably laziness. Yeah. Really? Wow. But, but I mean, but at the same time though, like, I mean, we even said in the documentary, like the biggest part of Bane, I mean, obviously I'm not saying that we didn't, and we loved writing music together mm-hmm. and we loved creating music together and, and, and recording and all that. But for Bane, the biggest draw was playing shows. And even more than that is just seeing people that we loved and be able to travel and like just spending time with the people we wanted to spend time with, you know, mm-hmm. like that was the thing that really drove Bane. But at the same time, we were kind of lazy when it came to things. Logistics. We'd be like, hey, let's just hang out in the hotel and watch one more episode of Law and Order. You know? Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Original you, Law and Order? No, it's SVU. SVU. God oh, damn yeah, it. Yeah. Yes. Like if you looked at, if we could have somehow tallied the times that Bane was late, literally 80% was caused by svu or the mall dude <laughs> svu have you watched all of, are you still watching the new oh, episodes oh. uh we not probably not not probably in season 16 or so is probably when i dropped off oh man you gotta go back it's still ripped from the headlines dude you gotta go back so the only thing i do kind of going off the train here sure. but the only my only complaint is they're they started getting too continuous like you couldn't just pop in and watch anyone mm-hmm. oh the like, three line stories yeah it's yeah. just kind of like yeah 
this guy got off, this rich dude got off for uh, whatever he was doing to younger girls at his parties, and and uh, and then two episodes later he's back again. They're trying to catch yeah, him again. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's always but, the case too. A rich man and and young young women. No, no. <laughs> not <an> SVU. <laughs> I'm a big big Vincent D'Onofrio fan, so the Criminal Intent one I did love when he would finally tie everything together. <gasps> I would love to have a podcast like that where you just sit someone down and just destroy them. Like just, just you so have all awesome. the information, you just make them cry because he's so good at that. But anyways, so law that's awesome, Law and Order. Yeah. That's yeah. the case. Like that's that's what did it. Um, that's what did it. But it's not even a joke. I think what I think what you're talking about <laughs> with like going with the flow. Have you ever heard of stoicism? Like the no. uh, uh, it's like this. It's a philosophy basically. Uh, Seneca. Seneca or Seneca the Younger, basically it's Zen, basically like uh, it's basically just, yeah, going with the flow, um, you know, some things you can't change, like sitting in traffic, you could get infuriated and start punching things or turn into Michael Douglas and falling down, or you can accept it and make the most of it. Like it's kind of a rough idea of what it is. Yeah. It's a really cool philosophy because it's basically just acceptance but also, you know, it's empowering because of, of your outlook. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. The Dan from uh, Zeo turned me on to it. It's, uh, he's got all these books on it. But it's basically, it's basically just that zen, finding that zen, relax, like just go with it. I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, when we ended up moving down to Maryland. For my, we, so we were in Salem. Bain had ended. Mm-hmm. And we were in Salem. And uh I had never been like a depressed person at all, but like after, after like a year or two of Bane being gone, it definitely set sank in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, as silly as it sounds, I never realized what I was getting out with the band. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I literally had done, I graduated high school and started touring. Mm-hmm. I start, you know, graduated in 92, started playing shows and then started touring, you know, but I never realized the stuff that I was getting out emotionally that whole time. So like my wife gets this opportunity to move down to Maryland to become this apprentice. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, sure, let's just go. I mean, I, at that point I was like, I don't, we don't have anything here. My family's still up there, but I was like, let's just do it. So we moved down there and fast forward to like, you know, five months later, I'm connected with Brian and he's like, Hey, we're looking for a bass player. You should do this band and blah, blah, blah. And like, and I was just going with whatever happened, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, it brought me to that, you know, like that would have never happened if I wasn't just like, yeah, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like just going with whatever happens and taking it as it comes, you know? Exactly. What did, what did it, what did you find that you were getting out through that? Because and the reason I'm asking is because I feel the same way where I started touring 18, 19 years old you know, playing, you know, screamo music, uh, with the anatomy of a ghost where we would go ape shit on stage to where like we were hurting each other. Like people were going to the hospital. You're playing to almost throw up like just the, and I didn't know either until I stopped touring and I wasn't screaming every night, how much that affected me (laughs) not having, like I was keeping all these demons at bay that, maybe I had been, you know, through drinking and and playing music, 
getting either masking or getting out like that, that catharsis or whatever, um, of being completely not wasted, drunk, completely wasted emotionally and physically at the end of the night, sweating, like your hair stinks because it's like three days worth of sweat from three different shows, four different shows. Once that stopped, everything just kind of closed in and I started to look inward and then see the depression and the anxiety and the, the, uh, like shame and all these different emotions that I hadn't dealt with at all because I was just literally running myself on down. the go all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like what were you finding that was coming out that, that you had been not pushing away, but kind of just not knowingly masking with, with music. I mean more, I, I mean, I, it obviously takes a certain kind of person to, whether it be punk rock, hardcore, any kind of, I mean, pop music too. Cause it's some, um, but like, it takes a certain kind of person to go into that and have the drive to like push that band to doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I don't know if I really was like getting out, uh, like anything negative that I was like holding in me, sort of say, mm-hmm. but it was more of just like a release that like, I mean, I literally had been, I had this release for over half my life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was 17 when I started 18, when I started touring and then Bane ended and I was 42 years old. Like that's crazy. <laughs> like, so over half my life of getting this release that I just never realized that I had no other outlet for it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and to actually see it gone and then realizing that I had to be like this quote unquote, like normal person mm-hmm. that just like I was in my head, I was just kind of like, wait, this is what I didn't ever want to do. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to be the guy who works like you know, a nine to five job sitting in front of my computer all day, which is what I do right now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but I think that's because it, you know, that certain kind of person that follows a, you know, I'll just say an artist's path because, you know, whether it's painting or music or whatever, yeah, like that certain kind of person isn't really carved out mentally to withstand 20, 25 years of sitting at a desk and, you know, doing whatever. And unfortunately the society that we live in, I mean, hopefully after this COVID is done, people will realize that you need this stuff. You need the arts. You need these artists to like keep the other parts of the the community mentally stable, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. So like all these people that are doing this forever and they get, you know, like when I was done, I all, all of a sudden had to do this nine to five job in front of a computer and mentally, I'm just not that person. I don't think, Yeah. you know, I get you. It's like someone I that mean, has a workout routine, uh, and then all of a sudden like has a knee injury or something and can't do that workout routine anymore. It's just yeah. the physicality of it. It's like, I see what, I see where you're going with that because, um, and I agree with you. Artists, artists, are, I mean, since the beginning of time, We've needed artists to explain the world to us in a way that maybe we didn't see it. You know, I believe that that artistic people are just are magic. Like they they just 
uh, they either build you up or show you something you didn't see before or present it in a new way. Maybe something, uh, taking things that don't belong together and putting them together, like the surrealist stuff, like opening your mind uh, and keeping, for lack of a better word, entertained, you know, to the monotony. Because a lot of people out there, that's what they do is monotonous work. And some of them are fine with it. But yeah. there's also ones like you that are, or a, lo- a lot of creative people that feel like they're dying when they're in that yeah. position, you know? Oh, for sure. Like I'm a commercial sure. plumber now and I feel like I'm dying every day when I go. I've been laid off for three weeks, which has been glorious. I've been doing the podcast <laughs> full time. I'm in heaven right now. But when I'm going to work, it's something I used to enjoy because it's physical work. You know, you can kind of be creative with stuff, but I felt like I was dying, like my creativity was dying every hour that I'm there. Like, oh, I get a break now? I get a break? Like, what the hell does that mean? Like, if I want to take a break, I'll take a break. Maybe I'll come back tomorrow. That's not how it works. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. It's it's funny, too, because it's like you get in that rut where it's, you know, like before Be Well started, like I literally didn't play my guitar and then I get into that rut where it's like, I'd be depressed and I didn't want to play my guitar, but I want to play my guitar so I could be in a better mind space. But I didn't want to play my guitar because I was just like, I don't want to do anything. So mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. It's weird. That self-sabotage. Yeah. Our exactly. brains will kill us if we let them. Yeah. That's what's yeah. so fucked up. Our brains <laughs> will allow us to put a gun in our mouth. Like yeah. it can happen. And it has happened. And it's so crazy that something so powerful and beautiful that we haven't even tapped into half of it can turn against us. Like, look at Brian. Yeah. Like look at, look at anyone. Like I've massive depressive disorder, right? Like there's days I feel like just walking, like not pressing the brakes in the car. Legitimately I do, but I, I feel that like I feel it for real. And I'm like, my brain is, is trying to destroy me. My most creative instrument that everything I know comes from can be that deceptive, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Why would you then add to it with other things? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's see what this thing does. Let's put it into overdrive, you know? Yeah. Could be terrifying. You lose your damn mind. Like, I definitely have seen, <coughs> excuse me, like, was NSB well started. Like, my mental health has gotten so much better because I, like, have something and, like, mm-hmm. but, like, since COVID happened, it's kind of like, all right. And I see, I see myself like falling back into it and I'm like, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like you don't, I just never realized the, I mean, it's, it's therapy. Music is like, I mean, as, mm-hmm. <laughs> as cheesy compared to the Bane lyric, but like it is, it is our therapy. Like, yeah, that's what it is to us, you know? Mm-hmm. And you just don't realize it. You know, none of us realize, especially in Bane, we never realize it t- till it, we were done, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So how long, so if you, when you say pick up your guitar, do you play acoustic as well? Like, do you have an acoustic guitar that you jam on or do you have to plug into an amp like to really? I'll play guitar. I'll play like a Les Paul, not okay. plugged into an amp mm-hmm. before I'll play, before I'll play. I have an acoustic guitar, but I don't ever really play it. Okay. So what I'm curious on is how long it takes you when you do sit down and pick up a guitar and just start playing. How yeah. long does it take for you to, especially when you didn't want to, or were like, oh, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm not feeling good. How long does it take you to start feeling good? And then how long does it take you after that to realize that that's why? Like to where I picked up the guitar and I feel good now. Like for me, 
I'd say about 10 minutes of playing, like I start to like get that feeling like I'm in it and I stop thinking about it. And then, you know, 20 minutes in, I'm like, that's all I needed just to play yeah. for a few, a few, you know, but the golly even just go through the be well songs and like, just practice with them and I'll feel mm-hmm. good. And then I'll, you know, and then after a song, I'll like kind of like mess around or write something. And then I'll be like, Oh, this is awesome. But then I have an issue that like, if we don't have something coming up, I won't practice. Like if we have something coming up in like a month, yeah. I'll practice two times a day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'll just practice, practice, practice. But like, especially right now, I'm like, eh, you know, you just fall down into it, which sucks, you know? Yeah. You need but, that show. And I'm, not, and I'm not playing guitar and be well, which is a totally mm-hmm. different thing, you know? Yeah. So you're slapping we'll that bass, my friend. And I know. You're slapping weird. the bass. How does that feel? How does that feel? Like it's, I mean, it's, it's a stringed instrument, but yeah. it's a very different monster. It is very different and it's, it's getting better for sure. Like I enjoy it. Yeah. Not, don't get me wrong. I definitely enjoy it, but I a hundred percent miss playing guitar. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what I've always played. <laughs> yeah. Last time I played bass was on the, on the Bane demo, I think. Wow. So dude, you look good so, with the bass. You're yeah, rocking it hard, man. Thank you. Thank you. And you got Schleibon with you. Like, dude, it's such a fucking awesome group of people. And yeah, like, tell me, tell me about that, how that kind of came about. Cause, uh, Brian, Brian was talking about how he, he had the, like the lyrics and the words written down to where people were kind of just blowing them off. And then was it Schley that, that told him to start like make this into something? Yeah. So like they were doing, getting ready to, I mean, I don't know the total story from like, like the previous year, but like, we had moved down to Maryland in March, February or March of 2019. And he was working on that with Schleibaum mm-hmm. and then battery was going to Europe and like July or something like that. And, um, Brian had posted something and I was like, Hey, take me. I said something like, take me with you to Europe or something like that. And then, uh, he hit me up both Brian and Schleibaum hit me up when they got back and they were like, Hey, we're doing this new band. You should listen to it. See if you want to do it. And they sent me the demos. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And they were like, all right, you're going to play bass. And I was like, Oh shit. All right. I guess I'll have to go buy a bass. <laughs> like yeah. I had to go buy a bass. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, it, it's funny to look back on it now at the time when he sent me the songs, I didn't know what everybody else was saying. They're like, not saying or not listening to the demos, mm-hmm. but like, <clears throat> excuse me, when I had sent it back and been like, yeah, I definitely want to do this. He was so excited, but now it makes even more sense now hearing how everybody kind of like shut him down before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. These are all right. Yeah. Or whatever they said, which is weird to me because mm-hmm. the songs are so good, you know? They're great songs, and the lyrics just made, like, I cried a couple times listening to that record, like, just because yeah. I understand some of it. Like, I understand some of those feelings. It's got to be weird to be, like, uh, yeah, playing songs like where Brian's coming from a space like that, you know? Especially yeah. if you don't if you don't suffer from that yourself. Like, seeing him go through that stuff and, like, admit these things and yeah. being part of that vehicle is just, it's a beautiful thing. 
It's, I mean, it's awesome. Like, don't get, I mean, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about punk rock and hardcore is Mm -hmm. like, you can get out so much, you know, like I'm lucky. Like I've been in, you know, with between Bane, be well. And even with only crime, like those three singers, like write and put everything out there and they don't care. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they'll just put things put everything they want out there. And if you like it, awesome. If not, no skin off my back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's absolutely beautiful. And the, the record is fantastic. And I mean, I, I'm only excited to see what comes next, you know, like, yeah, it's just incredible. It's just in such a weird spot right now with everything. And it's just like on the cusp, it seems like of changing, but then who knows, you know, it's yeah. just a wild. It's such, it's going to be such a weird thing that the rec, I mean, no matter what the record's going to have been up been been out for a year and a half, mm-hmm. a, you know, a year, year and a half before we can even play a show. Yeah. It's insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like we're already writing the next record. And it's like, I mean, I, I granted, I want to write more music, but I'm like, if we put out a record in like as 22, like we'll have played shows on this, maybe have played shows on the weight and the cost for six months, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they put out another record. It's like, it's weird. Dude. I can't only imagine. I can't imagine playing those songs in an environment that does not allow people climbing over each other and sweating on each other and just being together. Like if it's at like a drive-in or something, like I can't imagine how that would go yeah. over. Like it's like we've gotten asked to do, to do some live stream stuff where we're all just kind of like, eh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to do it in a weird way, but at the same time, it's like, we haven't even, and we've only played like seven or eight shows. So it's like, it seems weird to do a live stream if you only played that many shows. I don't know. It may be more important to do a live stream because you only played that many shows. With a record that good and connecting with people that much, it may be worthwhile to do it. You know, just do it in a way you would all agree on, you know? Like, I know it's not going to have some crazy light show or anything else like that, but even just like a, just in a room. Like just in the yeah. practice space or something. If you guys are kid, are you guys getting together, like doing tests and getting together? Or are you guys because you're you're way far apart? Uh, not not super mean, far apart, but no. Like I'm like an hour from Brian, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mike and Peter are about like forty minutes south of him. Mm-hmm. And Shane's Shane and I are about the same distance as Mike and Peter. Okay, we're like both like two and a half, three hours from them. Mm-hmm. So we get together every now and then. We're yeah. just trying to be super safe. Yeah. Be as safe as we can without practicing or wearing masks. But dude, you know. I would watch it. I would watch yeah. it several times. I think it would be a beautiful <laughs> thing. And and uh but yeah, I understand, you know, both sides. Both sides yeah. of that, you know, it's a it's a it's a weird environment. And and yeah, it could go either and so many bands are doing the live stream thing and it's such a new weird like people it's buying weird, tickets but... to watch a video of like <laughs> you know, it's just a weird yeah. concept. I mean, like darkest hour did that one and they did great. You mm-hmm. know, they did, they raised a ton of money for, it was a black cat that they did it for. I think so. Yeah. And they did raise a ton of money for them, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with it, but I'm just hoping shit gets better soon. And we can just actually play shows. Yeah, man. 
dude, you know, you need to get the Aaron Dahlbeck uh, signature bass. Now that Schleibon's got this <laughs> signature guitar, <laughs> how crazy would that be? If you got a signature bass before you get a, a guitar. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> before we even play any more shows, exactly, exactly. Man, well, what's so? What's next? Like just writing another record, like demoing as much as you can with with the internet or or what's yeah. what's next so brian's like a madman he's always writing now mm-hmm. which is great so he's actually demoing a bunch of stuff too at home and then like we're sending it around and stuff to check it out so okay i think yeah i i really don't know exactly what the plan is the tentative plan is to just keep writing this record because the first record brian had written a majority of it before mm-hmm. all the pieces were in place and that took him years. Yeah. So, but he's definitely, as they say, has the juices flowing for the creativity right now. So he's just anything he comes up with too. He's just demoing it. Yeah. So, dude, you've got such we'll an awesome situation right now, despite whatever's going on. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm super thankful for everything that's happened and the way everything, you know, despite the this pandemic shit, it's yeah super thankful for everything that's going on you know well it's all about going like you said going with the flow i mean this is happening right now it may not be happening next year maybe maybe not be happening you know uh maybe it is happening in five years but it's still going with the flow right like yeah saying yes to opportunities you know trying to make the most of what's going on i mean this is this is like a really bad tour you know like we had a year of canceled shows and we're still out on the road you know like it's just on a larger scale you yeah, know, yeah, it's what you yeah. do with it that makes you who you are, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, man, I do. Thanks for, thanks for doing this, man. Dude, thank you. This is rad. Thank you for doing I, I'm so glad we connected and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for so much music that you've put out there and got me through so many things, you know, good times, bad times. I mean, just the stuff you've done is iconic and it's, uh, it does, it's not lost on me. The, the, Thank the weight and gravity of, of what you've you've accomplished in music and put out there. So, uh, yeah, you're a very special person, man. I appreciate uh, the time and and all the hours of time I've spent listening to what you do. You know, Thank you, man. Awesome. It means a lot. That's all we want to do is, you know, let people connect with us and connect with people. Like yeah. we always said, we always said in Bain, it's like everybody always thanks us for doing things we do, but like, us getting the things that we get out and connecting with the people at shows may mean more to us than us playing to them. If that makes sense. It makes like, complete sense. That's what we really ever wanted. That's why like with Bane, at least that's why we toured so much is we mm-hmm. wanted to have that connection with the people. Yeah. And it means a lot. It means it's not lost on anybody and, and, and be well or Bane. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, man. I, and I, I, I know it and I, I'm, just so excited to see what comes in the future. I mean, that record is so heavy and uh, I've just, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with all the pieces of the puzzle together now, creating something together, you know, yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I have all the faith in the world in you, man. And, and uh, yeah, I'll let you get awesome. back to your, your storm prep. <laughs> trying to yeah. survive fucking we'll see what it looks like out there. Yeah. And the internet stayed on for us. Yeah. It's and with great it's connection. Good. This is the first night. This is the first storm that we've had here. So that's why I was like, like we've had we've had the power go out from wind storms, mm-hmm. but it's been pretty quick. 
but I was like the storm and the, the wind and the ice. So I was like, uh, yeah, but it's good. Awesome, dude. Well, I'll let you get back to it, but thank you so much awesome. for doing this, man. And, and I'll be in touch when everything comes out and yeah, just awesome. keep fighting the we'll fight, buddy. Thank you, buddy. You're doing a great thing here. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right take care. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Aaron Dahlbeck from Bain, from Be Well, from Converge. Hardcore hero, running his own coffee company now. He's got a day job as well, but this small batch coffee company is really great. So uh, be sure to check out SX Coffee Roasters, String Joy, Sweet Drop CBD, Classic Grit, and Ryder Evan Robeson Studios. They're all friends of mine. And they're all doing great things. And we all support each other. And hopefully you can support them too. Um, if you go to Sweet Drop CBD, put in Pleasure, all capitals for 20% off your order. And if you go to SX Coffee Roasters, it's just Pleasure it is the code. to get you 10% off. Get some small batch delicious coffee and tea. And he's always doing new stuff. So thanks again to Aaron uh, for sponsoring the show and for being a guest and for all the great music over the years. Um, if you haven't checked out the Bane movie, go check it out. It's incredible. Um, thank you so much for coming back week after week, guys. We got a bunch of big stuff coming up as well. Um, we have not slowed down one bit. We're actually doing more episodes than ever uh, since I've been laid off work. And I'm actually enjoying that quite a bit, telling people I'm retired. Because uh, who wants to plumb a fucking building when you could do a podcast full time, right? <laughs> anyway. All right, guys. I'm going to get out of here. I got a ton of shit to do. Uh, but hopefully you have a great week. Hopefully you're safe and healthy. Thank you so much for listening again. I love each and every one of you guys. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.